Welcome to Brain Chatter. Join us as we explore real-life examples of leaders who listen past the daily noise, lead themselves and others with clarity, and make an effective difference on the front lines of leadership in life and work. I'm your host, Derek Brown. Today, we will explore the fascinating topic, debunking the myth that leaders are born. And our guest is my coworker, Whitney Tate, who is also a doctoral student of strategic leadership at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Whitney, welcome to Brain Chatter. Thanks so much for having me, Derek. Of course. You've got a unique background. You've spent a great deal of time exploring the theories of leadership, but you've also witnessed a lot of how practical leadership works on the front lines through your past work, which has ranged from working on your parents' cattle farm to working in the healthcare industry and working inside manufacturing facilities. And to top it off, you're a numbers person. You've got a master's in quantitative psychology, and that has helped you see and analyze the hard numbers involved in leadership effectiveness. The fact that you've seen leadership from so many diverse perspectives certainly gives you a unique set of insights. So let's jump right in. Can we start with a definition of leadership? Well, we could, Derek, uh, but the truth is there are so many different definitions of leadership. But in my experience and through my research, um, I've definitely seen a common theme emerge, and that is based around influence. And it's the ability to influence others, but that ultimately begins with self-leadership. Okay, so how about a definition for self-leadership? So self-leadership refers to one's ability to lead himself or herself well. Am I doing everything that I can do to manage myself, using the right words, managing my emotions, choosing each day to do the right thing? Self-leadership is leading yourself well, and it is definitely something you can learn throughout your life. So why do you think so many people have this faulty perception that leaders are just somehow born instead of developed purposefully? Uh, That's a good question. And I think we or people who believe that are conditioned to believe that throughout their lifetime. So when you're a child and say you're on the playground and an adult figure in your life tells you you are a natural born leader, Um, The child believes that. And unless that notion is challenged and as the child grows older and interacts with other people, that notion that leaders are born um, may essentially be perpetuated in their life. And so they may believe, hey, I'm a good leader and I'm a leader because I was born to be a leader. They may not recognize that those really are skills that they're developing throughout their lifetime. And on the other hand, you may have a child that is friends with that individual who is seeing their friend or their sibling or this other child or teenager being told that they are a natural born leader, but they also understand that they're not being told that themselves. So they may think, oh, well, that person is a natural born leader, but no one's telling me I'm a leader, so I must not be a leader. And the same thing happens. They may not understand that what makes a good or effective leader are things that can be developed. 
Very interesting. So in addition to adults shaping young people's expectations for themselves when they're young, do you think this myth of leaders being born instead of being developed is also picked up in pop culture from TV or movies or sports or somewhere else? I think so. Uh, When we watch TV, or I know when I watch TV, sometimes I relate to the characters in the show. I may think of how I'm similar to them or how I'm different than them. Maybe a young person sees Batman and Robin and movies and thinks, oh, Batman is a leader because he is strong or smart and I'm naturally strong or I'm naturally smart, so I must be a leader. Or maybe they look at Robin and think, oh, Robin is such a good detective. He is loyal. He has these great hacking skills, but he's just a sidekick. So I'm really only a sidekick. But this is all okay to relate to characters until it limits someone's notion that they may be able to be successful in a leadership role. But the truth is both Batman and Robin are leaders when they are leading themselves well. And just like with people, any sustainable leadership begins with leading yourself well. I've noticed before that when you ask many people to think of a leader they admire, they will often choose someone who is distant and unknown to them personally. So they may choose an NFL coach or a deceased politician or a Hollywood celebrity instead of choosing someone that's known to them personally. Even though there may be, let's say, an inspirational self-leadership example right down the road. Maybe they have a neighbor who volunteers every week to deliver meals on wheels to the local homebound elderly. Or they may know someone who has successfully mentored multiple coworkers over the years. Or they have a good friend who is a parent and spends countless hours volunteering as a leader with the local PTA or scouts or van boosters helping hundreds of local youth and being a solid role model. Those are people whose leadership of themselves and of others impacts the world close by. We can all think of people like this in our lives or in our communities. So why do you think so many people choose to focus on the distant versus the known? Well, I think it is easier to choose someone more distal because their outcomes, both their successes and their failures, are usually on such a greater scale. Um, So the NFL coach, for example, or um, a politician, we we see all of their outcomes in a on a larger scale. But what we don't realize is that those tiny wins um, from the everyday smaller scale leadership adds up over time. And you're absolutely right. We sometimes choose that more distal leader. And I think because we romanticize leadership, but tend to forget the local leadership around us. Um, And I think it can be problematic if we as a society put too much emphasis on a certain role, say a formal leadership position, um, opposed to understanding the person and the abilities and characteristics of that individual in their role and how that impacts their ability to influence. I mean, you and I both know people who may have never had a formal leadership title in their entire life, but continuously contribute to the common good and influence those around them in such a positive way. 
And I think we tend to overlook them simply because of this romanticizing of the term leadership and what we think that is. Great response. If any of us think that in order to be a leader, we have to be famous or we have to have a certain job title or we have to have certain educational credentials or we have to come from a certain background, then that seems to have just a plethora of terrible implications for both that individual and the organization they're a part of. Can you talk a little about that? Oh, yes. Um, It can be horrible for both the organization and the individual. Uh, For the individual, if someone believes that they are born a leader, then there's no sense of growth. Um, If you think you're born a leader, then why would you ever want to improve any of your leadership skills? And could you improve any of your leadership skills for your team that reports to you or for your direct reports? That has to be a headache. I know I would not enjoy working for someone who already knows everything there is to know all the time. And for the organization as a whole, it kills the morale. It puts so much pressure on the HR department to pick out and hire these quote unquote born leaders. Instead, if the organization takes the approach that a leader in our company has the characteristics A, B, and C, and we find someone with A and B and we can develop C, not only is it helpful for the individual, it makes them feel valued and they're being invested in, but it sets a standard and drives in an expectation for the organization as a whole. So believing that leaders are simply born demolishes any sort of continuous improvement or growth mindset that people want and need in an organization because we don't live in a stagnant world. We're always getting better. And if you're not investing in your human capital to help them get better, you're going to fall behind. That's really fascinating concept for sure. Do you think that this myth that leaders are born instead of developed over time is being perpetuated in modern culture at the same rate it has been in the past? Or do you think there's been a change one way or the other? Is it more or less common? I think that it is being perpetuated in modern culture, probably at the same rate, but maybe in a different way. So before um, physical traits, a lot of times were associated with leadership effectiveness. So if someone was naturally tall or strong or um, more demographic type variables, people tend to, uh, had the tendency to think, oh, hey, this person will be a great leader because of what they look like physically. But we know that is not true. But now I'm starting to see a shift um, in different generations of focusing more on personality traits. So does this person have charisma? Oh, they're a smooth talker. They may be a great leader. But see, that's also not true as well. Uh, If you look at the difference between introversion and extroversion uh, related to leadership effectiveness, there is no difference in leadership effectiveness on whether or not you're introverted or extroverted. What that means is, hey, both introverts and both extroverts can be great leaders. There is a difference, though, on who emerges as a leader based on introversion and extroversion. 
And that is an extrovert is more likely to be given the opportunity to take a formal leadership position compared to introverts. So why is this? Well, we look at an extrovert and we say, oh, they may get along with these people. They're outgoing. They talk a lot more. And we look at an introvert and they think, oh, they're a little more reserved. They may not even want this opportunity. But instead of looking at people's personality traits, we should be developing skills and being focusing and focused on how well they're building trust with their teammates. Are they gaining the respect that's needed within an organization? Do they have character? Do they have integrity? Are they doing the right thing even when it's difficult? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about your personality. Um, It matters about your ability to lead yourself well and build relationships within the organization. Um, And I know that's a long answer to your question, and I kind of went off track there, but I do think that the focus on what makes a great leader has shifted some, but I don't think that it's all the way where we want it to be focused on that character, that integrity, and that ability to lead yourself well. Thank you. So now let's talk about how a leader is made. Share your thoughts on what it takes to create and develop an effective leader. Ah, So I think the main thing that is needed to create and develop an effective leader is probably opportunity. And what I mean by that is the ability to practice and receive feedback from someone. So if we're thinking and talking about leadership and we're saying, hey, these are skills that can be developed, then just think of an example in your life or a skill that you have that you developed over time. An example for me is basketball. So I grew up playing basketball, but I was not born knowing how to dribble or knowing how to shoot or knowing how to pass or anything like that. Um, I did not go my life and get to 12 years old and all of a sudden a coach said to me, hey, shoot the ball into the hoop and make it. I had to learn that. I had to practice that. I had to develop those skills along the way. Um, I was not born knowing how to dunk a basketball and quite frankly, I still can't dunk a basketball. (laughs) But if I wanted to learn and improve my skills and be able to do those things, it would take time to practice those skills and receive feedback from somebody who's already doing it well. And it's a similar concept with leadership. So have a mentor or think of a leader in your life that you're able to talk to and um, kind of grow with. And that will be candid and clear with you and give you the feedback you need to help you uh, grow in the direction of being an effective leader. Great info. So how can someone assess, self-assess, to know if, if they are a leader at all, and if so, if they're being an effective leader? I think the first thing you can do is to take a good hard look in the mirror and be as realistic with yourself as you can, because no one's perfect. But think about your life, and this can even be on a daily basis, or think about your day and think about what you did well and what you didn't do well. And I think it's very important to have someone that you trust 
maybe an accountability partner, like I mentioned earlier, a mentor, a peer at work, or even a friend outside of work, and ask them what they think. And I think it's extremely important to find someone that you trust and you have a relationship with that will be honest with you because we can't know every single thing there is to know about ourselves. We have some blind spots. So I think it begins with asking yourself the hard questions first and then asking help from someone that's close to you. That makes sense. As you and I have witnessed before, it is pretty common in some workplaces for someone to be promoted from a technical role to supervisor without any special preparation. And maybe it's the best machinist in a machine shop who is promoted to supervisor because they're the best machinist. Or maybe an accountant is promoted from, say, one of seven accountants to supervisor of the seven just because they have worked at the company for the longest of the seven. One day, this technical person is doing work within the realm of their expertise, working as a machinist or an accountant. The next day, they're doing something they have never done before, which is supervising. Being a technical expert and being a supervisor call for very different skill sets. If the accountant had, let's say, instead been selected for a new job as a welder, instead of a supervisor of accountants, there would have been all sorts of preparation and professional development to ensure that the right skill set was created. So why in the world do some organizations ignore the need for professional development and preparation whenever someone's transitioning from a technical role to supervisor? That is a very good question, Derek. And, you know, some organizations... I think do not fully understand the leadership competencies that they're looking for. And I think there's a lot of times no set standard of what they're looking for when someone comes into that role. So if you don't know what you're looking for, then these technical competencies must clearly do the trick. But that's that's just simply not true. Just because someone is technically competent in their job does not mean that they have had time or the opportunity to develop those leadership competencies that will make them a successful supervisor or manager. So I, I do not think organizations are um, not well-intentioned when they do this, but I think sometimes they just, they don't, evaluate really what they're looking for and they haven't really invested in a talent management program to help people get to where they need. Um, but once they do that, my goodness, they're, it would save them such a, a headache in the long run because you would be preparing individuals before they entered that leadership role. And what do you think about the fairness of an organization promoting someone into a supervisory or a management role, but not giving them the, the, the development tools they need to, to, to sort of access the skill set that they need to be successful in that role? 
Um, I would say that it's not fair for really anyone in that situation. So it's not fair for the supervisor taking on that new role. It's not fair for the person that supervisor reports to. And it's not fair for the team that they are supervising. So there, I think the best thing to do is to set an expectation um, and build a culture around those expectations and that way, the employee is able to utilize any resources and be successful. Are there any useful learning resources that you can recommend to someone who wants to focus on strengthening or developing their own leadership skills? Ah, uh, Yes, there are a number of books, and you can definitely find our resources on our website or um, feel free to contact me at any point, but I would say to definitely take the approach and look for resources that begin with self-leadership because no one wants to be told what to do if you're not doing it first yourself. Absolutely. And just a reminder to anyone listening that links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, as well as the guest's bio and information can be found on our website at brainchatterpodcast.com. Whitney, you're welcome. Let's say someone is a good leader. They, They are leading themselves well, and they're leading others well. Does that person have an obligation to proactively develop new leaders on his or her team? Derek, I think so. I, I really do. I think that that person has an ethical obligation to help develop the people that report to him or her. And this may not be something that is written in the company policy, but I think the best leaders and sustainable leadership begins with self-leadership and is sustained through developing others. So shifting that focus on um, how can I get ahead, what is the best thing for me, to how can I help develop my team? Because as my team develops, our organization develops. So anything that I'm putting back into the human capital at my organization is ultimately going to benefit the organization as a whole, which has me in it. So I think that it is such a good habit to get, or I think it's such a good thing to get into the habit of doing, is to not only be um, monitoring your own self-leadership and your own words and behavior, but also leading others to lead themselves. A friend of mine who is a CFO at a company recently told me the story about a manager at an accounting firm that he witnessed over the years mentor uh, generations of people who came through his office. And so people that that this person, this um, leader in this organization mentored now 10, 15, 20 years later, a strikingly high percentage of those people who worked for him now lead other offices, other firms, and even hold executive roles. This one man was so good at investing in the success of others that he created this legacy of leaders who admire him and acknowledge he helped them reach these these life goals for them and probably much earlier than than they could have gotten to them otherwise if they even could have so 
it would seem that most people would like to have that sort of legacy um, to describe their own life and helping and inspiring those around them reach their personal goals. Don't you, don't you think a lot of people would like that kind of legacy? When you describe it, my goodness, Derek, I want that legacy. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I think so. I, I think that it is a great goal to shoot for. Um, but you know, Derek, I, I don't know if it is as prevalent as we would like to see it. So why, why, why don't more people, if, if people, if there are a lot of people who would really love that to be a part of what they leave behind one day, then why don't more people, managers and supervisors really focus on investing in the other people around them through mentoring? No, I, I think that's a great question. And I think that first of all, they may not know how, um, they may have never had a mentor and not understand the value of that relationship. Um, I think also people may not realize how much time mentoring takes, uh, developing that relationship and building that trust and, uh, keeping up and checking in and really investing in other people uh, in that one-on-one type setting. It, it can take a lot of time and it's definitely worth it. But if you are not thinking about that as your legacy, or if you are not quite sure how to make that happen, say you would like it to be your legacy, but you're, you don't really know how to go about it. I think that the first thing to do is to make it a priority and to carve out time and to intentionally reach out to people that could benefit from um, your mentorship. And say you're um, someone who wants a mentor. I think that People just need to be a little bit more proactive in asking for that and help cultivate those relationships. Because if we're not proactive and intentional, then sometimes those things can fall through the crack. Absolutely. Well, thank you for tackling what I think is one of the most fascinating myths about leadership, the myth that leaders are born instead of made. What have I missed? What else should we have covered on this topic? I don't really think we miss too much, Derek. I just would potentially like to end with um, get out there and try. And you're not going to be the most, the perfect leader all the time. And you're going to make mistakes, but get out there and learn and grow and ask for help and ask people Um, what made them successful in their leadership roles and use that knowledge and learn from it. And after you've learned from it, don't forget to share it. That is excellent advice. Thank you for your valuable time and and all the the various insights that you shared, Whitney. To read more about Whitney, to see links to resources mentioned in today's podcast, go to brainchatterpodcast.com. Brain Chatter is a production of Ken Chapman and Associates Incorporated. We assist clients across North America and from Australia to the Middle East with leadership development, corporate culture transformation initiatives, behavior-based professional development for health and safety issues, individual and team assessments, conflict and performance management, succession planning, and team building, making a difference in organizations and individuals' lives for almost 40 years. Learn more at leaderscode.com.